Hey, thanks, Joel. Uh, before I launch into uh, the talk uh, for today, I just want to kind of call our attention and have a time of prayer for the um, things happening in our country right now, this tragedy that happened this uh, past uh, week where this man buys a gun in Atlanta and, he, and then he murders eight people, six of whom uh, were Asian uh, women. And just to help us process what's happening in our country right now, I ask uh, Charles uh, Yu, who is our uh, pastor of multicultural ministry and theology, to come up, also part of our teaching team. So, Charles, um, help all of us process right now what's happening. Well, thanks, Chris. Um, I, I want to start just by uh, talking to my fellow Asian American brothers and sisters here at Blackhawk, as well as those in the community. Uh, I've been hearing from many of you this past week um, about how, how heartbreaking this whole thing is. Um, many of us, we, we feel vulnerable. We feel targeted. We feel alienated. And uh, this is in our own country. And on top of that, the, the, this gunman, apparently, he, he is in some twisted way motivated by his faith in God in doing this. And, and we know this is not our God, and yet it hurts. So I, I want you to know this, that our church is standing with us. Our church is grieving with us, and our church is here for us. And, and if and when you are ready, reach out. Reach out to our pastors, reach out to our care line, reach out to the leaders of our church. You know, the Bible says that uh, we should mourn with those uh, who mourn. For those of us who are not uh, of Asian uh, descent, this is our opportunity to reach out to our friends and brothers and sisters in Christ and just mourn and, and grieve uh, what's happening and the way in which this violence uh, is being received by so uh, many people. So I would just encourage you, uh, if you have uh, friends that uh, are Asian, Asian descent, uh, and especially those who are, um, this is their country, this is their country. And I just pray that you would be reaching out uh, to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And this is for, for the whole church. Now, now we, know, we know that the motive of this gunner um, is complicated. But regardless, we as a church community, we continue to stand against this rising tide of violence perpetrated against Asian Americans in our country. And we, and we want to stand not just in the aftermath of violence, I mean, we, we want to be people who, in, in our daily lives, when we see people who are made fun of, who are excluded, or who are scapegoated because of their culture, because of their race, we need to step up. We need to speak up. We need our church community to be a voice against racism and hatred in our country. So, Chris. Amen. Please pray, please pray for us. Yeah. Let's pray together. Father, we, uh, we just pray together as a body of Christ uh, that, uh, first of all, uh, for our brothers and sisters who may feel vulnerable and may feel targeted, uh, may feel like they're on the, on the wrong end of, of, of jokes uh, or uh, comments, uh, we pray, Father, that you would help them to feel secure uh, in you and to sense a safety. Uh, we pray, Father, too, that... Um, 
you would help us to reach out and uh, to reach across all kinds of lines, uh, to be about the other person, to love uh, other people as we would uh, love ourselves. And we pray, Father, that you would help us as we build, uh, by the power of your Spirit, build unity in the body of Christ. Forgive us, Father, when perhaps passively uh, we have not said something about a racial slur or slander, no matter who it's against. We pray, Father, that you would help us not to be a part of the problem, but that we would keep in step with your spirit and be a part of the solution. We pray, Father, that your spirit would empower us to be a safe place, to be a loving place for people of, of, all, uh, of all backgrounds and all cultures so that we might model the kind of body that you want us to be as the body of Christ. We pray this in Christ's name, for the sake of his reputation, all God's people said, amen. Thanks, Charles. Well, I just wanted to make sure that we just had a moment of prayer for this tragedy that's taken place uh, in our uh, country. And uh, just right now, as I'm transitioning to my talk, I'm looking out and I'm seeing people that are actually in the in the seats right now, and it's like, I'm like, whoa, people are actually sitting down. It's just like uh, we've said, this has been a, a long time, and uh, can, I just, can I just say, this is great to see you guys. I mean, my gosh. <laughs> I, mean, woo! I don't know, I'm getting a little weepy here. I'm uh, way to go, you guys. Thanks for coming, and as Joel said, uh, this is just the beginning, and we're going to more, it's going to be phased relaunch, you guys, and more and more and more as the weeks go by. So just, but I just want to say thank you to everybody uh, in the room. It almost feels like we're getting back to normal. I know normal is a problematic word. And so I didn't ever think normal was a problematic word, but it is kind of like normal. What is normal? Probably not going to go back to normal for a long time, but I mean, you know what? I love normal. Man, I, I long for normal. I've never prayed for, I pray to God for normal now. It's like, you know, whatever. One thing that's normal at Blackhawk Church is every March, <laughs> every March, I make an announcement here at Blackhawk Church. And in the spirit of normalcy, I will make this announcement again. This could be the year. Yeah, this, this could, and it's normal to hear booze when I say that too. That's normal too. So, uh, you know, it feels good to do that because I've made that announcement for 37 years in pastoral ministry. I've made that announcement. This could be the year for the Cubs. They won in 2016, so praise God for that. But last year, I did not make the announcement because of COVID. And I'm like, oh, maybe that's why they lost. I have like no idea. <laughs> So at any rate, this could be, you know what else feels normal? <laughs> you know what feels normal? For the UW women's hockey team to win the national championship. That's starting to feel normal here. Yeah. Their sixth national championship under uh, Mark Johnson and his staff. So praise God uh, for that. Way to go, Lady Badgers. Let's hear it again for the Lady Badgers. Awesome. Yeah. So... <laughs> So difficult preparing for this talk last night while I was listening uh, to the game. So uh, good job, Lady Badgers. I probably ought to get to the message. Do you think? Who wants me to get to the message? Forget the message. Let's not do it.
Hey, listen, we're in the eighth of a nine-part series, and we're going through uh, the book of Galatians, and we're calling uh, this series uh, Galatians, uh, the letter that saved uh, the church. And I'm kind of sad that we are kind of coming to the end of the book of Galatians. Next Sunday, Palm Sunday, Pastor Charles will close out uh, the book. But today's message, I'm going to be focusing on uh, probably the most famous verse in the book of uh, Galatians, uh, those two verses that are about the fruit of uh, the Spirit. So if you're a believer in Christ, you've received the Holy Spirit, and we are to basically show people that we are followers of Christ by displaying the fruit of the Spirit. Here's the verse in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Fantastic uh, verse. goes like this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there's no law. So uh, if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ and uh, he is your savior, uh, you've received the Holy Spirit, and this is what you should look like right here. All of these things. Love, joy, peace, patience, forbearance. Sometimes forbearance is translated patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's nine things there. I'm good if I have a couple of those things working in my life at the same time. I don't know about you. But I don't know if I've got all those things in my life at the same time. Maybe, maybe you feel like you've got that going. If you've got the staff together at Blackhawk Church, and if you said the word joy, not a lot of people would say, oh, yeah, that's Chris. Joy. He's full of joy. Or if you got my two and grow children together uh, and said, hey, when you think of your dad, what do you think of? patience or forbearance wouldn't be a word that would just like pop up into their head right away. But according to the Bible, according to Paul in this letter to Galatians, this is what the Spirit of God should look like in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. How you doing with that? Does, does this, am I, does this, does anybody else feel like, yeah, I'm not so sure about that? Now, some of you are thinking right away, well, Pastor Chris, you're being hard on yourself. I know you. you sometimes, you're sometimes happy. You're happy when the Cubs win. I mean, sometimes you seem like you're patient, you know, whatever. So you're being too hard on yourself. And you know what? If you have just a few of those, well, that's pretty good. That's good. But not all of them. So I just call your attention to the fact that it says the fruit. So it's not plural. It's, a, it's singular. So the fruit of the Spirit looks like all of this at the same time. How are you doing with that? So it used to be like this apple. This is the fruit of an apple tree, and it has different aspects to it. It's red, and it's round, has a little stem right here, smells like an apple. These are the characteristics of a fruit of an apple tree. If you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ and him alone for your salvation, the Spirit of God is in you, and that is what that looks like right there. Read the Bible. 
looks like that. It's not your fruit. Oh, this is what you produce. It's the fruit of who? It's the fruit of the Spirit. And it looks like all of those things. Now, some of us are saying, you know, I don't know if I've had all those things in my life at the same time ever. Maybe I'm not a believer. Maybe I'm, maybe I really, I thought I was a believer, but maybe I'm not a believer. You know, that's a question that would not have occurred to the people who Paul wrote this letter to, the people in Galatia. Because he's made real clear in the letter that, yeah, these people have actually received the Spirit. Do you remember that back in chapter 3? We read this. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? He's no question in his mind. These people have received uh, the Spirit. Remember a couple weeks ago, Pastor Adam uh, preached from Galatians chapter 4. We read this. Because you are his sons, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. Because you've placed your faith in Christ, you have received the Spirit. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, that this is just what happens when you come to faith in Christ. Ephesians 1 reads like this. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. When you hear the message of truth, the gospel, when you believe that, boom, you receive the spirit of God. He marks you and he seals you. You have received the spirit. And when he is active in your life, this is what he looks like. Galatians 5, 22. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Man, Pastor Chris, I mean, I don't like, you know, I mean, I struggle with these things. I mean, I, you know what? I struggle with these things too. In fact, I have, I have been a believer way longer than I've been a non-believer. I came to faith in Christ when I was 16, 17 years old. And the really super bad habits in my life, I have developed since I have been a Christ follower. Some of those I've developed since I've actually been your pastor. So is anybody else struggling with this? Or am I the only one who struggles with this? In fact, some of us are kicking the truth claims of Christianity and we're looking at these people that have raised us or around us and we don't see any of that in their lives and we're starting to question the whole thing. My parents who've raised me, my friends who talk about Jesus, pastors who talk about Jesus, famous pastors and then all of a sudden I'm really starting to question the whole nine yards. Why? Is it that we do not see more Christ followers with the fruit 
of the Spirit? That's a good question. Perhaps the answer to that question can be found perhaps in the metaphor that Paul uses. The metaphor is, what is it? Fruit. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever tried to grow any fruit? Have you ever tried to grow? I have people in the room right here with me by a show of hands. How many have ever tried to grow a vegetable in a vegetable garden? Raise your hands. Try to be a gardener. Okay, there's a lot of people, so there you go. So uh, I've got some vegetables uh, right here. I got a whole bunch of, I got an, I got an apple, and, but I got radishes, and I got some onions, and I got some carrots, and I tried to be a gardener once. It was a long time ago. <laughs> that wasn't the funny part of my message. Why am I getting? <laughs> I tried to be a gardener once. So when I was a kid, uh, my uh, family used to go down to southern Illinois. We had relatives down there. And my aunt, Aunt Leona, she was a gardener. She was the greatest gardener in the world. And uh, one summer, I think it was the summer of my seventh grade year, I'm not really sure, she was growing a garden. And I lived with her for about like two or three weeks. And she'd wake up early in the morning. She'd say, Chris, get out of bed and come help me with the garden. And I'd go out and I'd work with Aunt Leona. And my gosh, I could not keep up with that woman. She was a hard worker. And uh, mostly she just had me pulling weeds uh, all the time. And so for like three weeks, I was just pulling weeds with her every once in a while. Uh, something happened with the chicken wire fence that she had up around her garden. She had a massive garden. And for three weeks, I worked with Aunt Leona in the garden. And when the summer was over, my dad uh, drove me back to Indianapolis, where we were from. And I looked at my dad on the way back, and I said to him, I said, Dad, I want to grow a garden, just like Aunt Leona. My dad's driving the car. He looks at me, and he goes, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I want to grow a garden, like Aunt Leona. He said, you're in seventh grade. You're too busy with your friends. Being a gardener is a lot of work. You're not going to grow a garden. You're not going to pay attention to the garden. You're not going to have a No, 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 no. All winter long, I pleaded with my dad to help me grow a garden. And so the following spring, I don't know. I think my mom convinced him pretty much. I could never convince my dad of anything. So I think somebody convinced him that I should grow a garden. And so we went out and we rented a rototiller. And we brought it to the backyard. And I, of course, I wanted to I wanted to till up the whole backyard. You know, <laughs> my dad said, no, 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 no. Let's just start like with a little section. So he gave me a little section like 10 by 10 or something like that. I don't know how big it was. It was really small. And I was really disappointed. Like my dad has no faith in me. Like what? <laughs> so then we did a little 10 by 10. And then we went and we, and we planted, some, uh, planted some carrots and some beans and some radishes. And I think the very first thing that came up were the radishes. There's a radish right here. And I remember when that radish came up, I was like the most, I was so proud. Now let me ask you a question. Did I grow a radish? The answer is, oh, no. That's right. You see, uh, I got some seeds up here someplace. We went and got little seeds and I don't have the ability to take one of these seeds and turn it into this. I do not have that power. That power comes from the gas ball that's a few million miles from here, our first star. That's the sun. And it comes from the water from the weather. It comes from a thing that we learn in high school called photosynthesis. It comes from genetics. 
I don't have the power to grow one of these, but I hinder the growth of this if I don't do my role as a gardener. Did you guys hear that? I don't have the power to grow this, but I hinder the growth of a radish if I don't pull the weeds and if I don't deal with the, the enemy of a gardener. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? The enemy of the gardener? Any gardener in the Midwest knows what the enemy is. Let me show you the face of the enemy. Here's the enemy right here. <laughs> Gee whiz. Now, some of you are going, oh, no, 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 Pastor Chris. Cute little cuddly rabbit. I get that. Oh, no, you're not going to see it. That's a bad little thing. I actually know someone who's a friend of mine. Her name's Jacqueline, and she has a pet bunny rabbit. Welcome to the platform, uh, Jacqueline. And her pet bunny rabbit. Yes. We got a social distance. And uh, <laughs> hi. So uh, Jacqueline, so uh, introduce us to your, uh, to your rabbit. Yes, this is Evelyn P. Bunny. Evelyn? Evelyn P. And you call her Evelyn or what do you call her? We call her Evie at home. Evie. You call her Evie. Mm -hmm. And her middle initial is P. P. Bunny. So what's, what's uh, the bunny? We get funny. What's, what's the P for? Well, the P is not actually an initial. It is actually a word. Um, it's, it's P. P, like P. P that comes out of her. Yes. Yes, right. So does she, how is she doing right now? Is she, she's, not gonna, she's fine. She's the not P gonna be, is from yeah. before she was spayed, she would bark her territory mark all over territory. the apartment. Okay. We needed something to yell. Okay. So. okay. so I'll tell you what, I'm going to risk something right here. I'm going to see, I don't want her to mark her pastor, but I'm going <laughs> to see if I can hold. Oh. Go ahead. Oh, oh, it's, okay. It. it's okay. 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 I hear <laughs> Evie's talking to me right now. <laughs> okay. It's Evie. Hello. Hello. You're evil, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, no. Would, would you like, let's see. Here, would you like one of these right here? No, she's kind of frozen right now. Okay, I think I'm going to give Evie back to you right now. Take her. You got her? Okay. It's okay. Okay. All right. Oh, thank you. There you go. Thank you, okay. yes. That's your Evie. Hey, I didn't social distance with the rabbit right there, so sorry about that. Uh, uh, there you go. So um, he, here's what happened uh, to my uh, trying to grow a garden. I didn't uh, do a good job against the enemies of my garden uh, that lived under a, a mini barn that we had in our backyard. And uh, I didn't do a good job with the weeds. And by, I'd say, June, uh, the rabbits had kind of eaten up whatever had grown. And by July, the weeds had come and overtaken the garden. And by September, my dad got the rototiller out and we tilled up that garden again because I did a bad job as a gardener. Do you know why I told that story? Because of this principle. The fruit of the Spirit is from the power of the Holy Spirit, but we hinder the growth of the fruit if we don't play our role as the gardener. So the question becomes, how can we play our role as the gardener 
to see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Well, let's look at this passage in context. We go back up uh, to verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That word flesh is the English word. It translates uh, this Greek word, sarks, and in different Bible translations, it's translated as sinful nature or flesh, flesh, selfish impulses. The whole point of this is that uh, sarks doesn't mean our physical bodies, but it's kind of like, um, it's like a power uh, that exists, that pulls us away from the kind of person God wants us to be. There is a a power dynamic going on that Paul is trying to get to. Let's go back to Galatians 5. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. That's a powerful line right there. So that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So there is a a conflict, this great battle that takes place between the Spirit and the flesh. And uh, and we're in the middle of that. Let me see if I can draw uh, a picture of that right here. So that would be, this would be like one power. This would be like spirit. And when you placed your faith in Christ, you were marked by the Holy Spirit. But also, there is this power of the flesh. These are two great powers. And as, a, as Christ followers, we live here in the intersection of these two great powers. How are you guys doing? Can you see? And the spirit is trying to pull us one direction, and the flesh is trying to pull us in another direction. And and it's like we can't even do what we want uh, to do because of this conflict that's going on. This is easy to illustrate. Let's say someone says something bad about you, and all of a sudden you go, man, you know what? I'm going to get after you. You don't talk to me that way. Is that the spirit of the flesh, you guys? Yeah, that the flesh pulling you this way. Well, the spirit is going, hey, you should have some control here, you know? Hey, we should be patient and kind and loving and stuff like that. Nobody's going to tell me what, see, that, that conflict. So whenever you feel that tension, that's what's happening. There's a battle that's going on inside of us between the spirit and between uh, the flesh. And Paul goes on, and he talks about the flesh and what the flesh is like. So the next verse goes like this. The acts of the flesh. Okay, you guys, listen. This is the face of the rabbit right here. Here we go. This is, the, this is what the rabbit, this is rabbit, the rabbit really looks like this. In our world, in our mind, we want to hold that little rabbit so cuddly. Come close to me. This is what it's really like, though. Here we go. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discourse, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Many scholars uh, believe that this list can be divided into um, three different uh, groupings. There's 15 things uh, listed here. And some of your Bibles, if you have the NIV, 2011 NIV, they divide this for you with their semicolons. 
So if you look at it, you see the acts of the flesh are obvious, and three sins of sexuality, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, semicolon, and then two sins of idolatry, idolatry and witchcraft, semicolon, eight sins having to do with relationships, hint, 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 hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and the envy, and then a semicolon, and then it finishes out. Two sins associated with wild living, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like not inherit the kingdom of God. When Christians talk about works of the flesh and sinful things, most people talk about sexual issues. But what was emphasized the most in that list? Eight different things all about relationships. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, and envy. How do you know if, the, if that, that cute little bunny is having, having his way in the garden? Because your relationships aren't very good. <laughs> You're a hard person to get to know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, put other people down. Yeah, that's, that, ooh, that's the face of the rabbit right there. Face of the rabbit. That last verse, verse 21, that's an interesting verse, isn't it? I warn you, whenever Paul has uh, vice lists in the New Testament, many times he has these warnings that go with them. As I did before, this is part of his pastoral ministry, part of his teaching, I warn you, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. What does that mean, Pastor Chris? Well, it means something like, uh, if, if, if this is what's produced in your life, and this is all the thing that's produced constantly, and you, you, you're, you're just living in all of those things constantly, there's some serious questions as to whether or not you have placed your faith in Christ or not. Because the fruit of the Spirit is completely different than the fruit of the flesh. It's just plain reading of the text. Well, what is the fruit of the Spirit? Let's go back. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. I always say patience because I memorized it that way. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. This is a whole message right here. I can just do the whole talk just on those nine things right there. Let's just look at two of them. First one being love. Love is the, is the greatest is the greatest thing. Love summarizes uh, all of the law. Paul says, he says it in this chapter right above this verse. We go scan our eyes back to the beginning. You see, you, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Read that out loud. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. Pastor Matt, last week, read Galatians 5, 6. The only thing that counts is faith working itself out in love. It is the law of Christ. It is the most important thing. Are you a loving person? Are you a loving person? You care what's happening in your world. Maybe people you don't even know or even know well. And when they're mourning and when they're crying, do you care? Do you care? That's a sign of love. I'm a loving person. I care. I want to know. I want to learn. I'm a loving person. 
The last aspect of the fruit of the Spirit is uh, that word self-control. <laughs> like, whoa. You know, I read that one, I'm going, wow, okay, wow. Who do you know in the Bible that demonstrated perfect self-control all the time? His name was? It's Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit describes Jesus and the way Jesus lived his life. Always, always in, always in control. How can I play the role of the gardener in my life and have more self-control and love and patience? How, how can I do that, Pastor Chris? The Apostle Paul answers the question. Just keep reading. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. How do we play the role of gardener in our life? The first thing we do is that we go to the cross. We go to the cross. The cross is the key thing. Did you see what he said? Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions. I don't feel like my flesh has been crucified, Pastor Chris. I feel like that rabbit is really alive. It's on my chest. I'm culling it. It doesn't feel dead to me. When did I crucify the flesh? crucifixion of the flesh happened thousands of years ago on the cross of Calvary. That's what we read in Galatians 2.20. We read this. I have been crucified with Christ. Look at that verse. I, I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The union of the believer with Jesus Christ is the most, most powerful foundation that we have to live a life filled with the Spirit. It all goes back to the cross. Let me ask you a question. Who died on the cross? His name is Jesus. Who died with Jesus? Yeah, I did. I've been crucified with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. But it's Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The Spirit of God comes from the Son of God. And the Son of God gives us the power to be filled with the Spirit of God. And it happens because of the cross of Christ. How else do I play the role of the gardener? in uh, my life. Go back to this. We keep in step with the Spirit. Remember that? We read this. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Man, that's a, there's a whole message about keeping in step with it. What does it mean to keep in step with the Spirit? How do we actually do that? <laughs> Pastor Charles is going to talk about that a lot. Uh, next week, but let me just give us a few things leading up to his talk. How do we keep in step with the Spirit? The first way in which we keep in step uh, with the Spirit is that we get serious about sin. Aunt Leona hated rabbits. I never saw Aunt Leona go up to a rabbit and say, let me hold you on your little cuddly little thing. No, no, she ran after rabbits. 
She threw stones at rabbits. She didn't want rabbits around. She wasn't fooled. <laughs> she went after them. You going after the rabbit in your life? That cute little cuddly thing that you hold close and you say, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. That rabbit will eat your garden. He'll have his way in your garden. You know that, right? Let's talk about porn, sexual immorality. Let's say you struggle with that. I'm just throwing that out there. Well, get rid of this. Get rid of this. About 10 seconds, I can find porn on this. Just get rid of that. Get a flip phone. Some of you go, oh, flip phone. <laughs> She's funny. <laughs> I'm not being funny. <laughs> get serious about the rabbit. Go after that rabbit. Get rid of this. What's more important? Your life with the spirit or your ability to be on the internet all the time? Get rid of this. Get a flip phone. Or if you want to keep this, get an app like this, Covenant Eyes. You can get an app like this. You partner together with someone else. This is a great, it's a great app, you guys. I don't care how much it costs. You do the work that's necessary to get the rabbit out of the garden. You don't grow the fruit of the spirit, but you hinder the growth of the spirit if you don't do your work as a gardener. Second way to keep in step with the Spirit, you need to get some help. I was in that summer, Aunt Leona goes, hey, would you help me? Will you help me? Because being a gardener is hard work. And we, and we put up a little chicken wire fence to keep the rabbits out. And I was pulling weeds with her all the time. Pretty much all day long, I helped her pull weeds, pretty much. Massive garden. You need to get some help. One very practical thing you can do to get some help is that you, you say to a friend, I, I'm going to get serious about the rabbit in my life. If, if they're a Blackhawker, they watch the message. You don't, that's a code word right now. I want to get serious about a rabbit in my life. Would you meet with me? And you meet with them. What, 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 what should you do? What should you do? Here's a good place to start. Pull this verse out and memorize this verse together. And have this verse in front of you all the time. And when, when you see that little bunny rabbit hopping into your life and going, oh, just hold me, just hold me, just hold me. I've been crucified with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. And the power I live, I live by the faith in the Son of God who, who loved me and gave himself for me. You sit down with someone Challenge your life group. Because we don't produce the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. That's the power of the Spirit. But we hinder the growth if we don't do our role as a gardener. There's lots to talk about. I'd love to talk more about it. But Pastor Charles... We'll talk more about this next week. Let's pray. Father, I, I, I'm just, I'm just going to be honest with you. And I, I, when I see that list of nine qualities 
Uh, sometimes I get so discouraged, I'm not sure any of those things are happening in my life. And I know that I have been um, uh, part of your family for a very, very long time. And I'm not proud of it, but some of the worst qualities I have as a human being I've developed since I've been a Christian. And I pray, Father, that you would help me uh, to be serious about the rabbit. That I would be about pulling weeds, and then I would get help to do that. And that we as a church would be serious about uh, the works of the flesh, that we would, uh, we, we would not play with them, we would, not, uh, we would not hold them, we would not cuddle up to them, but that we would get serious. And we pray, Father, that, that you would transform us and that our minds would be able to go back in time by the power of your Spirit. And as we see Christ on the cross, we see ourselves on the cross with him. And that the sin has no power over me anymore because of my union, union with Christ. We pray, Father, that by the power of your Spirit, you would make this reality in our life, one for us to feel and for other people to see. Oh, God. Oh, God, would you help us? We pray this in Christ's name and for the sake of his reputation. All God's people said, amen.